We were, we were talking last week about God moving in the hearts of people and us responding to that move. God demands a response from us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, it says, We are God's workmanship, created for good works in Christ Jesus. So if you had a woodworker, he has his own shop, and he creates various different things out of wood. And this woodworker painstakingly works with this piece of wood. And some woodworkers are, after many, many years of practice, and learning and experience, they become a master craftsman. And this, this piece that they're making turns out so beautiful, and all the little pieces fit together a certain way. My dad makes these little boxes. Some of you are familiar with them. They're just beautiful. And they have these dovetail joints. Some of you understand what that is talking about. But they kind of fit together just like this, you know? And they're so intricate. If one is off just a little bit, they don't fit. But when they do fit, it's beautiful. And they fit tight, and it's a strong fit. Okay? Some of you understand what I'm talking about. And, and in the hands of that master craftsman, he's able to make things that people just look at and say, Oh, my goodness, that's beautiful. Or how about a potter? Right? Some of us are artists. And um, notice I included myself in that. <coughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of us are artists. We, we, we're good at creating things, crafts maybe, or drawing or painting. All right? And, and so t- we take a lot of time in making sure that the thing that we're doing looks just, just so. You know? Some of us are musicians. And when we're writing a song or creating a piece of music, we're painstakingly going over it hundreds of times sometimes, maybe more. Working out all the things that don't fit quite, quite well and, and working on the flow of things, you know, just so that when it's sung, it just rolls off of the tongue. And the chords are just so that when you play the chords themselves, sometimes when Brother Bill plays, he just plays a few chords. No words are being sung, and yet the Spirit is just speaking to you through those chords. You guys get that? In the hands of the master craftsman, God's love is displayed. Okay? And God displays himself through our lives. And... Maybe the potter, as he just puts this lump of, of clay on this wheel, right? And he's kicking the wheels. You know, you ever see those things? And they kick the wheel like that, and they keep it spinning around and around. And so they're able to eventually mold that clay and bring it into something that's just gorgeous and beautiful and even useful. God is doing those very things in our lives. Sometimes we get very comfortable in the place that we are, so much so that when God is trying to bring out of us something beautiful, something that he can use to influence other people, 
We are like, no, I want to stay right here. I'm comfortable. I'm safe right here. But God is beckoning us. No, no, you can't stay there. You've got to come this way. You've got to come closer. You and me need to walk together. I want you to step out on this limb a little bit more. And how many of you know, when you step out on that limb, that limb begins to bend. And that's, a, that's kind of a scary place to be. But it's an awesome place to be. It's an awesome place to be. I've heard it said by great Christian people that to pray in a way that unless God intervenes, there's no way it will happen. <laughs> yeah? Pray in a way that unless God intervenes, there's no way it will happen. And so that stretches our faith a little bit, doesn't it? It stretches us and it, it beckons us and it's oh so painful to come from a place that is, is so comfortable and that we've gotten good at being stationary. God never created us to be stationary. God created us to always be growing, to always be moving. And it's never just about us. It's always about us and someone else. Others. Others within our circle, if you will, of influence. God's always using us to reach through us to get to somebody else. It's God's desire to use our imperfect, scarred bodies, souls, spirits to bring glory to him. Amen. Romans 8, 28, if you want to turn there. Some of you have this scripture memorized. And might I add, it's a good one. And we know that in all things, God works <coughs> for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So what that verse is saying, if we can just peel that apart a little bit and get to the core of that, that means that all of the things that you have been through all of the difficulties that you are going through, God will use them if you will entrust them to him. Okay? God will use them for his glory. He will use them... Thanks, bro. God will use them to point others to him. Okay? Well, how could, how could God use me to point others to him. Well, you heard our sister this morning. Thanks, Jackie. You're awesome. It ain't easy getting up here and telling about what God has done. Though inside, we're, we're game for it, but on the outside, we're like shaking, you know, in our shoes, and we're really nervous, you know. 
And our voice shake. Had Brother Scott Roth do that at Christmas time, didn't we? But God speaks through your lives. As if, if I may venture to say, as if you were this. Do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is you may be the only Bible that some will ever read. You may be the only word of God that someone will ever hear. They may never darken the doors of a church unless you are involved. They may never hear the words of life, life-giving words. They may never hear it unless you get involved. Do you understand? Well, I'm not perfect, Pastor. I'm not preaching material. I, I can't sing. I'm, I can't speak. I stutter. Who does that sound like? Moses? Do you remember? Do you remember when God spoke to Moses in the burning bush? Moses, take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is what? That's holy ground. I'm going to use you. I'm sending you to my people. I want you to tell them this. I want you to tell them that. No, no, I'm not a speaker. I'm not good at that stuff, Lord. Can, can you please do what? Send someone else. You must have made a mistake, God. I'm not the guy. I'm imperfect. You got the wrong guy. God doesn't make any junk. You know that? He doesn't make any junk. You are who God made you to be. All your flaws, all your imperfections, all the things that you lack in your life, Without God, you are incomplete. But with God, you are complete. And God can and will use you to speak to other people that won't darken the door of a church, that won't ever go to church. People in your workplaces, people in your families, people in your schools. He will speak through you, through your testimony. Sister shared her testimony, and it's hard in two minutes to say a lifetime of what God has done. But you get a little glimpse of God's faithfulness in somebody's life. And some of you here were so encouraged by those words. They weren't spoken perfectly, but they were spoken truthfully and from her heart. And that's what means the most. It doesn't matter how it's spoken, how eloquently you pray or how eloquently you, you say, tell your story. The thing that matters is that you tell your story. Tell of what God has done in your life. And some of you say, my, my wife says this sometimes. She says, I don't have much of a testimony. I've, I've lived for the Lord all my life. I'm like, woman, That is the testimony. And that's beautiful. That is 
beautiful, and that's encouraging, and that lifts the bar so high that the rest of us can hope to live that way. It is possible to live for the Lord all of your life, from just a child, from the moment you understand Jesus loves me. It's possible to live for him the rest of your life. And that's her testimony, you know. And what's, what's your testimony? Where have you been? I was talking to a brother this morning. I won't name any names. But he was telling me he's been all over the world. And God has given him many, many opportunities. And there were often times when he walked away from God. And he got into things that he's not proud of. But he says, God was there the whole time. And now he's living for Jesus. He's living for Jesus. God has brought him through all of that to a place where he is back in right relationship with God. The Bible says that all of our righteous acts are as filthy rags before God. The best that we could ever hope to offer him is filthy. Hmm. God never created us to stay the way we are. We are on, if you, want, if you could say, a journey. We are on a journey to become fruitful in Christ. That is God's will for us, that we become fruitful. Well, what do you mean? Am I supposed to create apples? You know what I mean. Being fruitful, accomplishing what God has ordained in your life, okay? Becoming a mature, always maturing, always maturing. Some, some of you have been Christians twice as long as I have, twice as long as I have, and you're still growing in the Lord. You're still learning, and I hope that I am that way. I love to learn about God. I love to learn new things about the Word of God and, and to study and to dig deeper. It's like a, it's like a, a thirst in my spirit that I, I desire more of God. God desires that we grow up in him, that we, he, he planted a seed inside of us, and he desires that that seed grows into a strong tree and that that tree produces fruit. And the, the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is what? Let's turn to Galatians 5.22. You know where I'm headed. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It seems for some reason that a lot of these things are missing in today's society. How about self-control? People are so violent. They disagree with you. They are violent. You ever notice that? It's getting worse. 
God desires that we produce fruit in our lives. And Galatians 5.22 tells us what those fruits are, the fruits of the Spirit, the things that God desires for us to produce more and more of in our lives. And less and less hatred, less and less discord, less and less jealousy, and so on and so forth. You understand? God is beckoning you. He has been speaking this to me, and maybe he's been speaking this to you too. God desires, he's beckoning us, he's calling us closer. He's calling us to step out of the boat. What's the boat that you're in that you're afraid to get out of? Huh? What's the boat that you're in that you're afraid to get out of? Is there a ministry that you've been thinking about and you've been sitting on it and sitting on it and just waiting for God to bring this great revelation to you? He's saying, enough. Let's get going. Let's get moving. I'm calling you to step out of the boat. You have the desire. You have a desire to follow me. You want to obey. Now move. Okay? I don't know what this is, but I'm in my spirit. I'm just feeling like, like there's all kinds of ministries that are going to be birthed this year. I'm feeling like there's even businesses that are going to be birthed this year. And through those businesses, God is going to use you to reach other people. Okay? Don't be afraid. Move forward in confidence. That's another thing that God has been speaking to me. Now, I'm not talking pride. I'm talking confidence. There's a big difference. Pride is all about me, what others think about me, how I look to other people. Okay? Confidence is something way different. You can be confident in who you are in Christ Jesus. Okay? That confidence is not in yourself, but it's in who you are in Christ Jesus. And God is saying to you, come on, girl, come on, boy, let's get moving. There's stuff to be done. There's people that need to hear that I love them. There's people that need to hear the message of the cross. There's people that need to hear that God is not waiting to squash them like a bug whenever they make a mistake. There's people that need to hear that there is relationship with the God of creation, the, the, sa- the saver of our souls. Yeah, we can have relationship with that God. Amen. People need to hear that because they're entertaining lies. They're entertaining lies. But the Bible says in John eight thirty two, what does it say, do you know? You will what? You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What is the truth, I ask you today? Jesus is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And in John chapter 6, verse 37, I love this scripture. This is so awesome. He who comes to me will I in no way, no wise, no circumstance cast out. If you come to the Lord, it doesn't matter where you've been. You come to him, he will not cast you away, but he'll welcome you. Yeah, pastor, but I've done this, I've done that, and I've refused to do this, and I've rejected God, and you can fill in the blanks of all the crap you've done in your lives. (laughs) But God says, my love covers all of that stuff. My love is stronger than your sin. I hope that I hope that somebody gets excited about that. God's love is greater than all of our sin. Yeah? Somebody, come on. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. Turn there with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Say that with me. New creation. One more time. New creation. The old has gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, listen here, the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Who's being reconciled? God is reconciling man unto himself through Jesus Christ and the cross. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore what? Christ's ambassadors. Christ's ambassadors. We represent Christ to everybody else. He's sending us out. He's sending you out. And you, and you. He's sending you out as an ambassador representing him. So what does that mean? That means that everything, all the authority, all the power, all the healing, all the stuff that's his, he's given to you, and he's saying, go into all the world, make disciples of men. Heal the sick, do all that stuff. Cast out demons, reconcile people to me. Tell them the truth. You are my representatives. We are Christ's ambassadors. What what a responsibility. (laughs) You know? What is the purpose in life? We are ambassadors of Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. We represent him. We represent his kingdom. We represent his love. We represent his power. We represent his forgiveness. I was talking to somebody this morning about forgiveness. Forgiveness 
is so difficult sometimes. It's not easy. And it's something that we as Christians need to work on over and over and over and over. Forgiveness. It is important. We are reckoned. How can we not forgive when we have been forgiven so much? And let that remind you. Let that remind you. Turn to Ephesians 6, chapter 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20. I'm going to start in verse 19. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, I want to tell you that this is my prayer every day. Every day. That whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Now listen to what he, he continues. For which I am an ambassador in chains. Paul was in chains when he dictated this message, when he wrote this message. He was a prisoner for Christ, for serving and representing Christ. And yet, he writes this letter to the church in Ephesus, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. In a world that does not want to accept right and wrong, in a world that does not want to be told there is a God that we will have to answer to, in a world that does not like to be told our sin needs to be atoned for, we are to represent the voice of truth with great love, and great forgiveness and mercy and great courage. Peter, as the disciples were crossing the lake, a great storm came up. You've heard the story many times. A great storm came up, and they're all in the boat heading to the other side. Jesus was to meet them. Storm comes up. They're scared. They think they're going to die. And they happen to look out across the water. And they see this shape, this glowing shape of some sort. And they think it's a ghost. That's what the Bible says. They say, it's a ghost! And Jesus calls out to them. Don't be afraid. How many times does the word say that? Don't be afraid. We're, we're fear, fearful, aren't we? Don't be afraid. That's, that's a shepherd speaking, wouldn't you say? The voice of a good shepherd. Don't be afraid. It's all right. I got you. I'm not going to let you fall. It's all right. It's okay. Relax. <laughs> Chill. I got you. And Peter, can you imagine Peter? He's right on the edge of his seat. He's, he's nearly falling out of the boat, right? <laughs> and 
And he's like, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. I want to do what you're doing, Lord. I'm not content to stay where I am. Even if it's risky, I want to step out of this boat. Do you feel that in your spirit? Do you feel God beckoning you? It's time, my child. It's time. The time for waiting is over. Now, come follow me. Come follow me. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. I want to be where you are. I want to do what you're doing. Man, oh man. How could God resist that? How could Jesus resist that, you know? And what does he say? Come. Come. God is beckoning you today. Come. Come. And Peter steps down out of that boat. And he takes a few steps, and he's walking on the water. Now remember, a storm. They're in the middle of a storm. And Peter is walking towards Jesus as Lord. Then it says the waves began to crash. And Peter took his eyes off of the Lord and fell and began to drown. And he called out, Lord, save me. (laughs) My son two years ago, said those very same words in the Erie Canal in the winter, nearly died. Lord, save me. Somebody heard him from a block away and went down there against his wife's wishes and found my son clinging to the side of the canal for his life. God saved him. He's alive and he's well. God's still working on him. God is still working on him. God is still working on you. Us. He's bringing us to maturity and he's calling us. Get out of the boat. Take a step. If you're here today, within the sound of my voice, there's people today that are not here that are going to hear this message. Do you know we have CDs that are recorded of our service that you can take with you to give to other people who may not come here or people who are shut in? They can't get out. We record every service. We put it online on our website so that you can hear it in your own homes. You can hear it on your phone. So the message of the truth of the word of God, the message of the cross is not contained within these four walls. It goes out. It goes out states away for the glory of God. God's word will not return void. It will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent out. God Sometimes we want all of the circumstances to be just right. We want the timing to be just right. We got everything planned out. I've heard it said, 
that if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> yeah? Ever done that? This is what I want you to do for me, God. <laughs> this, is my, this is my five-year plan. This is my 10-year plan. I want to fit you into that plan. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. But if, if we will allow him and we acknowledge him and we make him a part of our lives, he will accomplish his plan in and through us, sometimes in spite of us. <laughs> yeah? Sometimes in spite of us. Hmm. God is beckoning you. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he says, take, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. My burden, my yoke is easy and my, my burden is light. When we hear the phrase yoke, take my yoke upon you, that's not talking about egg yoke. <laughs> okay? <clears throat> that's talking about like a yoke of oxen, right? That the yoke would go over their necks and would bind them, in a sense, together so that a new oxen could be trained by an old one, an experienced one. Do you understand? Take my yoke upon you. Yeah? God wants us to learn from him. He wants us to produce fruit. He wants us to mature. Is there something that you have been considering? Is there something that you've been sitting on? Something that you've been praying about? I just strongly feel that God wants to loose those things and call you out of the boat. Yeah? Come on. Are you willing to get out of the boat? Are you willing to step out? It's risky, I'll tell you that. But the reward far outweighs the risk. You know, when I was asked to be pastor of this church, I said no three times. I said no. And little by little, there was many, many things that I was thinking in my head and concerns that I had. I'd have to give up, give up music. I, I'd basically take a vow of poverty, <laughs> in a sense, Okay. If you're looking to get rich, a pastor is not the way to do it. <laughs> I, I will say that this church takes good care of my family. Okay? You understand what I'm saying. And I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to give those things up. And then one day, the Lord spoke to me that, and he said to me, do you have, this is, he, he questioned me, do you have the faith to believe that you can do both? And that was all he said. Both meaning pastor and music. And I just fell to the ground and I sobbed. I just sobbed. God was speaking to me. 
And let me tell you, when you hear the master call you, it doesn't matter what he asks. It just does not matter. What matters is who's doing the asking. You hear me? When the master calls, it doesn't matter what he's asking. We follow. Amen. And so I responded. I said, I believe that God wants me to take this, and I'm going to take it. And here we are. And I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that I did. You will be too. Thank you, sister. (laughs) She said she's glad. I said yes. (laughs) You will be glad too when you finally agree to follow and to answer the call of God calling you. Bill, will you come to the piano? God is working in your heart. God's working to make you something that he can use. To cause others to look heavenward. Does that make sense? There's more to life than surviving. We can thrive. Casting Crowns sings a song like that. We were made to thrive. That is it, man. We were made to thrive, not just walking around the planet, surviving, just barely holding on. That is not the life that God has for his people. That's not it at all. Would you stand with me today? God wants to use you. He wants to employ you, if you will. He wants to speak to you and through you and in spite of you. Thank God for that. If God is speaking to your heart this morning, don't delay. As we sing this song, come forward. We want to pray for you. We're a family here. We're just a family. We want to stand together with you and recognize God's plan in your life. We want to stand with you and hold you up. That's all. You don't need to worry. We're not trying to sign you up for some big program that you're going to be some Alabama full gospel soldier or something like that. That's not it at all. Okay? What we're doing is providing an opportunity for you to come to Jesus. That's all. Okay? That's all that we're doing. We're here to represent the Lord, not Alabama full gospel. Okay? We're here to represent the Lord. That's our sole purpose. As we sing this song, will you come? Come. Don't wait. Come. Allow God to work in your heart. Oh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace 
Don't wait. Come. I know God is speaking. Come. Oh 